Your health is our priority. Each series, it's our goal to make sure that we provide you with experts and guests that offer multiple perspectives so that you feel supported, empowered, and less alone. Like the work we do? Buy us a cup of coffee. Or tea. You can leave us a tip over at coffee.com slash the hip podcast, which is ko-fi.com slash the HIP podcast, or with the link in our show notes. When you buy us a cup of coffee, you not only support the work we do, but also gain access to early releases and downloadable resources. Again, that's coffee.com slash the hip podcast. Hey there! We just wanted to take a moment to thank each and every one of you who have listened, shared, engaged, and sent us love. It means the world to know that we've had the chance to spread even just a little bit of knowledge, insight, and encouragement to you along your health journeys. If you'd like to support the work we're doing, we've created a Patreon page where you can earn some exciting rewards, because being a part of the HIP team isn't just a hobby, it's a lifestyle. Contributions start as low as $1 a month, with each level offering a number of super fun perks, like monthly bonus episodes, Q&As, a portrait drawn by our own in-house artists, and even personal chats with the Health It's Personal team. We created this podcast so that everyone can have the chance to access informative, inspirational, and insightful stories, and your support is a huge step in us reaching those who need it most. We wish we could give you all a big hug, but hopefully this will suffice, at least until we're allowed to hug again. If you love what you hear or are as passionate about health as we are, please visit patreon.com slash the hip podcast. That's patreon.com forward slash the HIP podcast. We couldn't do this without you. So thank you again. And thanks in advance for joining our ever growing hip family. Hi, and welcome to Health It's Personal. This week in our nutrition series, we are so excited to share our interview with pharmacy student, dancer, and my dear friend, Shawnee Park. She talks to the pressures of being in one of the top pharmacy programs in the U.S., growing up as a minority, and living that healthy lifestyle while staying true to her Korean roots. She had so many great ideas to share with us and so much delicious food to talk about. I know. Now I'm just really hungry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, I love kimchi, so I was really excited to kind of talk about that. Um, as we've kind of talked about before, I love fermented food <laughs> so, and pickled foods. Uh, so it was really fun to talk about those and learn some new recipes. Yeah, so yummy. Yeah, exactly. You know, those fermented foods are things that, you know, I don't feel like I saw growing up in America necessarily. I feel like people have kind of been exploring other cultural foods and getting into kimchi but it's these fermented foods that are so great for you and she was saying that she grew up eating korean food and then for a while in college she stopped eating it and ate more american food and she realized that her health kind of struggled a little bit she had more acne and she attributes that to how healthy korean food is and she maybe didn't even realize it because she was just so used to it yeah, and I think that when you make a big change like that in your life, too, that can always impact you in so many ways that you might not expect to. So if you have you know grown up or lived much of your life eating a certain way and then you start changing that up, I think this happens to a lot of college students in general, too. So I think this is very common for them to go through. And you know whether they grew up eating um, their parents' cooking or eating at home, even if it's just the standard American food, whatever that might look like. <laughs> what does that look like? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I know. I started saying that and I was like, I don't even know. Potato what's... salad with raisins. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> 
Sean, did you know raisins are like the only food I don't really like? <laughs> no. <laughs> Mine's celery. <laughs> celery? Oh, I love celery. I know. I'm trying to, I'm really trying to train myself to not hate the very few things that I do hate. Uh, one being celery. I can't even really think of another. <laughs> so I, I don't want to hate anything. I want to just right. be able to enjoy everything. Eventually, I'll try to train myself, but for the last 25 years, I've been pretty stubborn about celery. <laughs> I understand. And sometimes certain foods taste different for us, right? So we might have that uh, unfortunate cilantro <laughs> flavor. Right, I know. I'm fortunate that I don't. So, yes, <laughs> I love me it. too. Is that a thing? I didn't know. Yeah, it is a real scientific. My mother-in-law hates cilantro, but I don't even notice yeah. it. So there's a, I forget the percentage of people, but it tastes completely different. And there's a scientific backing to this. So it's, it's literally yeah. processed differently differently and so it tastes like soap like you're eating soap i think i think that's oh my gosh gross but i'm fortunate that i don't have that and cucumber i think is one of them one of my best friends cannot thinking of cucumber makes her feel sick oh my grandma also doesn't like cucumber cucumber and cilantro yeah yeah and watermelon i think it's the watery foods that she doesn't oh yeah which i love you know people like but you're just like eating water i'm like i know I, I love it. I, know, I, I wish I could just eat water. <laughs> so Thanksgiving is not my thing at all, but I do love dressing. When McKenna was small, she didn't really like celery. So I just sort of thought, well, too bad because... Because that's how you make dressing. <laughs> Out of the hundreds of other ways. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought it would be something easy to pick out. But then once I realized her true disdain for celery, right. I felt really guilty all those years for not excluding it. But you know what is really a nice alternative to celery, like uh, texture without the flavor? What? I forget what it's called. Fennel. <laughs> it's <What>? fennel. Dramatic <laughs> <laughs> pause. Oh, fennel. Oh, fennel. <laughs> I like fennel. Yeah. Now, fennel has its own very distinct flavor. It's very much like anise, um, sort of licorice type of flavor. So, But when you boil Mm -hmm. it um, or cook it, it dies down a ton. And it's a really great replacement for celery. Also, leeks. Oh, leeks. Yeah, I like leeks. In dressing, particularly. We were just asking the question, what is American food? I think it's Thanksgiving food. Right, yeah. (laughs) Oh, great Oh, that's a good point. And I hate Thanksgiving. Well, I was thinking America is so huge and diverse, too, that it yeah, depends exactly. on where in the U.S. you are and everything. Well, and so. I never think of food as being primarily American unless maybe it's a cheeseburger. Yeah. Um, that's pretty American, I think. But we eat all kinds of food yeah. all the time, changing it up and trying new things. And I never even think of like, oh, I have a strictly American diet because I certainly don't know. But I know some people have a harder time exploring other cultures. So I yeah. think this is a really great introduction for some people into Korean food. Yeah, I was thinking like sometimes people from other cultures might think, well, I want to try more like American food or I want. But then we're like, we don't really know what that is. <laughs> uh, but I was thinking when I was in Japan and in Seoul in particular, a lot of the restaurants think that, you know, when you go to an American style restaurant, that's always fun. Like <laughs> you have the tables turned on you. One of the things that they think that Americans absolutely love is pickles. 
And I was oh, like, okay. I do love pickles. People love pickles, right? And so we were talking about kimchi, and this is very relevant because in Seoul, uh, when I visited friends there a few times, we'd always go to restaurants and they thought, well, Americans, you know, we always have kimchi as a side dish. So clearly Americans always have their fermented or pickled side dish, right? So they have pickles. So there was pickles with everything. And I'm like, we don't have this many pickles. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this many pickles <laughs> like exist. Like twice a year. I love, yeah. I love pickles, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, like if i have a deli sandwich which is never yeah, yeah any t- yeah strictly deli sandwich uh yeah do we receive a pickle with our meal other than that yeah <laughs> i remember when we lived in arizona growing up people would go to the grocery store and get the big hot pickle yeah i do that you would I get remember a hot that. pickle in the pickle liquid in a bag and it would be hot oh, I almost and you would just up. tear it open oh. and, and eat the hot pickle and i never really got on that bandwagon no. i don't no. i wasn't walking around doing that but i get it <laughs> to take this pickle thing even further mm-hmm. i always wanted to try one of those pickles in a jar that's like the gigantic jars and the pickles mm-hmm. are so big mm-hmm. do you know what i'm talking about but i never tried one I guess it probably just tastes like it. <laughs> <laughs> probably tastes like a pickle. <laughs> There's so many different ways you can make pickles. It's crazy, actually. Uh, we were, we had some cucumbers the other day, and I was like, this would have made a good pickle. <laughs> it's like a perfect pickling cucumber. We said that the other day, too. We were at the farmer's oh market, and they gosh. had perfect pickle-sized cucumbers. I guess Americans think about this more than we realize. Maybe we because do. Because we Maybe go to the store right. and like, that'd be a good pickle. <laughs> It was funny, though, because I didn't think about that until we moved to the East Coast, because in the West Coast or, you know, I guess in the South, you know, or Arizona, we didn't really have that many pickles. But no, we just ate Mexican food. Something that I was wondering about something that Shawnee said was when she was small, she felt embarrassed to take Mm -hmm. Korean food in her lunch. And then also about when she was in college, she was worried that her roommates would think that her food didn't smell appealing. I find that so sad, first of all. And we need to think about that, about how we talk to our kids about things like that too, because maybe kids are just having a reaction, but they don't realize how hurtful it can be. And also when McKenna was small, she and I lived in like a two family house and the woman above us, was from India and we could smell her food all the time and it was it smelled amazing yeah yeah in our last apartment there were so many Indian American families usually it was the grandma (laughs) she'd be cooking all day like start early in the morning and it would smell like that in the hallways all day which was really great yeah Shawnee's such a great example of what it's like to find balance and harmony and kind of be kind to yourself you know she is in pharmacy school which is so demanding and she still finds a way to kind of let herself eat out, but still has all these really wonderful, healthy practices that stem from her culture and her roots. And I think that's so incredibly valuable, especially in the modern day, you know, that can get a little lost. So she's just so wonderful. And we hope you take away from this episode all of her little bits of wisdom. So grab a cup of tea and enjoy. Health is understanding what you need. Being informed. Finding that balance of mental and physical. Building yourself a support system. Figuring things out on my own and not letting it hold me back. You do kind of have to advocate for yourself. Because health, it's personal. Hi, Shawnee. We know you have so many amazing experiences, both as a pharmacy student and as a dancer, living 
you know, a healthy lifestyle. I think we'd all like to know kind of what your relationship with food's been like. Some Maybe some of your healthy eating habits or how you stay true to your Korean roots when it comes to food. Um, so I'm Korean and although I was born and raised in the United States, growing up I mostly ate Korean food at home. So a Korean dish usually consists of pop, which is cooked rice, kuk, which is a soup or a broth, and panchan, a variety of side dishes. Um, one side dish that is in every Korean home is called kimchi. Um, kimchi is a napa cabbage that is pickled and fermented and seasoned with lots of garlic and red pepper. It's mostly, if you haven't had it, like very sour, spicy, but kind of depends on the amount of salt used in the length of fermentation. Mm -hmm. So in like the Korean culture, traditionally, um, baking and frying are not common cooking methods. Okay. Instead, Korean food is a lot of fermenting, seasoning, pickling, blanching, with the most common method being fermentation. Yeah. Yeah, like while rice isn't super healthy for you, um, it is part of the Korean diet. We just always make sure to pair with lots of side dishes, which is made of vegetables. Okay, yeah. What are your favorite side dishes? My favorite Korean food is kimchi jjigae, which is like kimchi soup. Oh. And it's just like, it tastes exactly like the side dish, but it's more soupy. And That sounds great. <laughs> is your mom an amazing cook? Yeah, but I would say my dad is. That was sexist, sorry. <laughs> oh, are you an amazing cook? When I started college, I wasn't, but... Just being on my own for a while, I've learned to get better, I guess. <laughs> Always love the lotus root side dish. I forget what it's called in Korean, obviously, but there's just so many things you just mix and match and it's a more fun way to eat, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of variety in color for sure, um, which is what I really like about the side dishes. I don't know, I guess um, because I ate a lot of that when I was younger, um, growing up when I first started college, I started just to like eat out more because I didn't really know how to cook. Mm -hmm. um, as I had more time, I just began looking stuff online and looking up how to make it. And it's usually really simple. It's a lot of vegetables, a lot of garlic, a lot of onions, and just like mix everything together. I love that. That's my style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you primarily eat Korean food or do you have kind of like a mixed palate? I would say I mostly eat Korean food. I eat both, but I can't go maybe like two days without Korean food. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and if you don't mind me asking, um, when you, you said you ate primarily Korean food at home as a child, especially. So how did you kind of work through going to school and maybe seeing other lunches at school or having school? made lunches um, did that factor into <laughs> your life at all actually when i was younger in elementary school my parents like on the first day of school packed me a korean lunch and i got made fun of at school oh and so after that i no longer brought korean food and i just mostly bought cafeteria food which was not good no, no. <laughs> we would actually go grocery shopping separate just to bring to lunch for school for me and my brother. Oh, wow. We just didn't want to get bullied at school. Right. Was something that I didn't prefer, but I wanted to make friends. <laughs> so, right. And then as soon as I could get home, I would eat Korean food. Right. You'd be like, oh my gosh, how did I go all day with that garbage? It's just a shame <laughs> that, you know, sometimes if, if it's something different and kids aren't used to it, I guess they can 
they can be a little harsh and that's a shame but so is it easy to make those dishes ahead of time because you're such a busy student and you're working at the hospitals yeah a lot of it is mostly vegetables so I make like the side dishes ahead of time and then I'll just put it in the fridge and the Tupperware and they usually last a long time over a week or so I actually, um, when I stopped eating Korean food, I, that's actually when I started um, getting a lot of acne too. And I didn't realize until a couple years after looking back, like what had changed. And I think the biggest thing was types of food that I was putting into my body. How crazy is that, that you weren't able to eat the food that you, that you loved because you were being treated a certain way at school and then it also impacted your physical health, you know? Because I started when I started um, college and I started living with new roommates and I wasn't sure if they would think that smelled funny um, or um, how comfortable they were with it. So I think that's why I stopped eating Korean food. I think that also has to do with growing up being Korean in Arizona where I was a minority, but I've kind of grown to just embrace it. I love that. That's great. So you started college and it was kind of awkward at first because of those reasons, but how long did it take for you to get more comfortable with perhaps cooking Korean food around roommates and things like that? I think I was really surprised to see, I would share a little bit with my roommates and they all really liked it. Oh, good. And I was so surprised that they would enjoy it with me that I began making more and more. And I think that's when my cooking also improved too. That's great. It shows just like that support as friends and roommates and, you know, you can kind of come together and encourage one another and that's wonderful. I feel like Korean food is becoming so much more popular now too, that different types of food that people are more open to enjoying it. People seem to be exploring more than they were like five, 10 years ago. And, you know, like you said about the fermentation, it's so good for you. And, you know, to miss out on that and recognize that that was impacting your skin, I'm sure it was a big realization. Did your parents teach you about nutrition at all in relation to the food that you were eating growing up? Or did you kind of just figure it out as you went along? Yeah, it was more like um, the actions that they took that I didn't realize at the time. But looking back, I always ate a variety of colors with every meal, such as the types of vegetables or fruit. Um, I also ate a lot of roots and grains and also fruit after every single meal. I love that. Like dessert. As dessert, actually, in place of dessert. Yeah. They also taught me not to eat too much salt and to flavor my food with other ingredients. I remember when I was younger, uh, my mom would... If there was meat, she would pick off the fat so that it would be a little bit healthier. Or if like she was cooking um, any types of soup with meat in it, she would pick up the oils that were floating on top. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm sure you observing her doing that helps you kind of remember those little steps, you know, as you're cooking. Now that you're a medical professional, do you feel like the food that you eat um, you can see a direct impact on your health and you're much more conscious about it now. For sure. I'm always looking at the labels in the back because mm. if you have it in your, in your home, you're just going to reach for it. I just make sure not to buy things with too much sugar or too much sodium. Even with fruits, I'll get dried fruits as snacks, but get the kind without any sugar in it. Yeah, you think you're getting dried fruit and it's going to be very healthy, but <laughs> if you don't look closely, a lot of them do add a lot of foods are like that, too. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> exactly. Well, even like nut milks, they put a lot of different things in it to make it creamy or they put sugar mm -hmm. in it. And you're like, I just want milk that's not cow's milk. Yeah. <laughs> 
So do you have a daily health routine that you kind of swear by or a nutrition routine? I go to get groceries at multiple places. I'll go to a Korean market and then I'll go to Trader Joe's and then I'll go to Ralph's. I know it's okay. like, but <laughs> I'll have different things that I think are better quality. And so I'll go to different places throughout the week. Um, I also take a lot of vitamins, fish oil, vitamin D, vitamin C, multivitamin gummies, calcium, and propolis. I know it's a lot, but. Wow. And those vitamin gummies are so good too. (laughs) (laughs) Have an extra one today. (laughs) You have to be careful. (laughs) (laughs) Sean ODs on vitamin gummies. (laughs) That's my vice. (laughs) Especially living in LA now, there's a strong health culture there. But also you're going to this really intense pharmacy program. So what is it kind of like balancing you know, staying healthy when you're so busy and so focused. Yeah, I definitely eat out way more than I have ever done in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I feel that it negatively affects my gut health, especially being that a lot of food options that you order out, I find it to be too greasy for me. Right. Yeah. Every time I have exams, I'll eat out a lot more than usual because it's convenient. And the thing that I've noticed is that induced with stress from studying um, and the unhealthy choices that I, I make, I'll, I'll get acid reflux or have poor indigestion. So I just try to plan way ahead and get groceries, um, have fruit and veggies cut up in a Tupperware and leave it in the fridge to reach for. So smart. That's a really good idea. Because you want that convenience still, but... <laughs> it is more work and I sometimes feel like I don't have the time for it, but it's just a balance. Because I, I find that if... I eat better, I study better too. Luckily, there's a lot of research about that too, right? For standardized tests and things like that. But we can definitely use that in any type of study or learning we're doing. We have to have that healthy body, healthy nutrition and and mindset. What does a typical day look like for a pharmacy student, Shawnee? Uh, well, right now I'm on summer break. What it'll look like right now is I work full time. I'm at a hospital. I have two jobs. I work at a hospital and I work at a community pharmacy. So depending on where I'm scheduled, I'll go there for about eight hours. I'll come home, um, go to the gym, and then I'll start studying after that Uh. a couple hours. I also live in an apartment with a bunch of students that go to USC. It's an apartment, but it has students from different programs in the health sciences. So we'll just hang out for a couple hours and then I'll come home, shower, go to sleep, and repeat. <laughs> Do it all again tomorrow. Yep. How does that compare to any of your, I guess, people who live in the apartments with you? Do they kind of have similar schedules? or? Oh, we don't have similar schedules. Sometimes I'll wake up at 3.30 a.m. because my roommate's getting ready to go out on rotations or work. And they'll be gone for sometimes I want to say 24 hours or even 12 hours. I'm not sure. Like they'll be gone and then for like a day and sleep somewhere else and come back. Right. So I can imagine how it would be so hard to have such a demanding role and be gone for 12 hours or 24 hours and be doing your rotations or, you know, maybe even sleeping at the hospital and trying to fit in what you're eating so that your brain can be at its strongest function. So you're eating good things. But then as soon as you get home, you're like, oh my gosh. I just want to order takeout. 
I also um, cook in advance and I'll put them in little baggies and put it in the freezer. My freezer is full because I have so much food in there. Okay. <laughs> Defrost it really quick. And I think that's kind of how I balance eating healthy, but at the same time, try to save time. Yeah. That's a great idea. That's like a homemade TV dinner, kind of. That's what I was thinking. Just, yeah, that's so smart. And you could be in control of the how much sodium is in there and everything instead of... <laughs> so when I was growing up, Shawnee, I, my mom was a single mom and she worked long hours. And so we ate a lot of TV dinners. And so I didn't really have any type of home-cooked meals much or any type of culture associated with my food. It didn't feel like... I had that connection with food. And I feel like even though you've had some challenges with that, it must feel really nice to have a cultural connection. Yeah, to me, Korean food is like home and it's so comforting. Every time I go back home, that's what I'm the most excited for because I know that my parents will have a bunch of different foods ready for me. And everything Korean, since there's no restaurants out there and the market is an hour away from their home, the thing is that what I really like about home food is that we don't ever like repeat the same meal. So we'll eat one thing for breakfast and then a different type of food for lunch and then put it in the fridge for a couple of days and then it'll be brought back out. What I really love about home is that there's just so much variety and everything's just made from scratch. Yeah, that's great. I was just thinking for the the whole pandemic quarantine situation, I would make some of my mom's favorite dishes. And that was kind of nice, you know, even though we're, we're so distant and things are so bleak at times, it's nice to have that connection and to remember, even if we can't be at home. <laughs> yeah, that's so nice. And I at least can get into a routine of eating a lot of the same things a few days in a row. Trying to find variety can be hard when you're stuck in a a cooking rut or something, you know. In relation to kind of health and nutrition and stuff, do you have any influences, people that you like follow or keep up with that keeps you motivated? There is um, one cooking girl online and she makes a lot of Korean food that I follow. She's called Cooking with Mangchi and she has pretty much everything that I could think of. Um, and I just use her recipe because I don't know where to start at times but i'll use her as a reference and then kind of yeah do my own thing with it i love that yeah that's so smart because i think if you maybe struggle sometimes to come up with new ideas people who aren't familiar with korean food at all are really not gonna come up with anything so just kimchi and rice yeah <laughs> yeah which would be delicious actually yeah he has a fun category too like easy or just things with rice that's so fun i love that brilliant I like what you said earlier about eating a lot of different colors. I think yes. we've heard before, like eating the rainbow, making sure that your plate is covered in foods that are all different colors. And I think that's such a great thing to keep in mind because it's simple. You can just grocery shop for a lot of different colors in your basket and reap the benefits. Because I think that's something that people should know about, but sometimes they might forget or not realize. Something that I've learned at school is um, to try to incorporate a lot more fish in your diet. They say to eat fish at least two times per week and eat less meat. Yes. And when you're at the grocery store, they'll always say it's, things are organic, but grass-fed is actually preferred over organic mm. because it's more nutritious. It gets overall lower in saturated fat, higher ratio of omega-3s to omega-6 fats, and just has a lot more antioxidants like vitamin E and vitamin A. 
instead of or- looking for organic, look for grass-fed. Mm. That's a good idea. And I know organic, sometimes they it's like a buzzword. There's no true regulations on what. What does that mean? <laughs> and then also to eat skins of fruit because it has a lot of insoluble fiber on the outside. Yes. Did you know you could just bite into a kiwi? Oh, could you? The hairy part? Yeah. Yeah. I just did it. I just did it in honor of Austin <laughs> after we met with him. And it was tasty. It was a little different, but it was tasty. It's funny because I think that when you grow up, you're so used to eating certain foods a certain way. And then you learn like, wait a minute, you know, because I would kind of avoid kiwi even though I love it because sometimes it's a pain to peel and like prepare. But if you can just eat the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) But like potatoes, I always, always leave the skin on for potatoes because I think it tastes so much better too. And it is healthier. Yeah. I like what you said, Sean, about the way you grew up eating certain foods doesn't have to be the way that you continue eating them. So cooking the potatoes with the skin on or cutting the fat off of the meat to make it a bit healthier or taking out some of the oils. I think the more that we explore other cultures, cuisine, that we learn more things about ourselves and, you know, can incorporate that into our lives and it just makes it better. Yeah, and it's just the little things and they really do add up over time. You're so busy and you take care of so many people, but how is it that you fill your own cup? Yeah, so I spend a lot of time with my friends here Um, in my apartment. And I also just started growing a new pepper plant. (laughs) I used to dance a lot, but with the demanding hours of pharmacy school, I can't really do that as much. So what I'll do is I'll go to the gym and incorporate a little bit of stretches in there, but I'm not really training anymore. Do you feel like that impacts you emotionally or mentally, or do you kind of miss that? Yeah, I do miss it a lot, and I hope to get back into it after this pandemic is over. Right. I did used to go to a studio um, maybe like once a month or so, which is not a lot at all, but um, it still kept me going and made me feel really happy. That's a great point, though, that, you know, once a month may not be as much as you'd like to go to the studio, but for that thing that really fills your cup and makes you happy, doing it just once a month because that's all the time you have is such a great way to honor the things that you love in your life and to kind of make time for those things even when you don't have the time at all. Is there anything you've been reading or listening to lately? Podcasts or books or or just something fun that's been lifting your spirits? Yeah, the last book that I read was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I started reading it because I want to learn how to manage my time a little bit better. I just want to take in advice from as many people as possible um, to try to improve my life and to keep busy too. What an amazing idea to learn about the habits that make people successful and kind of incorporate that into your own life. You've been so amazing, Shawnee, and we appreciate your perspective so much. We really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much. It was really good to see you and chat. Have a great day, beautiful. You too. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Health It's Personal. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts for bonus episodes and new releases every Wednesday. The Health It's Personal podcast is produced by me, McKenna Udi, and hosted with the Phronesis Health Initiative team, Karen Jively and Sean Tingle. Special thanks to portrait artist Alexander musical contributor Bernie Ramke, and to our guests and experts for their kindness and bravery in sharing their stories each week. 
Please listen, subscribe, engage, and send us topics we can explore that would help you on your journey. Because health, it's personal.